it is more important now than ever for families to instill the values they want into their children and equip them to make better choices in life. Timeless Truths will inspire you to do just that. Thank you to my friend Daryl Rolark, the recording artist, composer, and producer of this music called Beautiful Soul. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Timeless Truths. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Dr. Felicity Joy, and we are going to talk about vision. So, Dr. Felicity Joy has been a friend of mine for a long time, and I'm really looking forward to this discussion with her today. So, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It really is a blessing how God continues to interweave our lives together to share with you on this topic today. Now, you wanted me to introduce myself a bit. Um, I've been a life coach for almost 20 years now. And I started calling myself a dream strategist because that's really what I work with people on a lot, is on helping to make the dreams inside of them come true. And what, as I became even more biblically grounded in the uh, counsel that I would give people and the ways that I would share, really everything began to center for me around Proverbs 29, 18, which says, for a lack of vision, people perish. And so uh, at that time, I, along with a friend of mine, created a series of classes called Vision 101. And we actually began to spread it out. We, our little uh, Facebook group is called Vision, Virtual Vision University. And so I have a number of things I like to teach, but all through the lens of vision, a particular course came about and why this topic is so important to me. That's good. I, I'm really interested to hear more and where that is going to develop. What really led to you focusing on Vision 101 and all that's within it? Yeah, I would say that getting my doctorate got my doctorate in Christian counseling. And I got to see how everything that I was sharing with my life coaching clients, of course, is found in the Word of God. And that's what I mean when I say I became even more biblically grounded and rooted. And then also in 2020, I um, was ordained into the ministry. And so I just think it's been like this natural evolution I know everything I teach is in the Word, but I guess what happened was God began to reveal to me where in the Word certain things were. And this thing on vision just really lit up on the inside of me. What I enjoyed about what I was learning about it was that I actually wasn't teaching necessarily a new technique. But what I was doing was making people aware of how they're already using it. So, for example, one of the things I've asked God about over the years was about answered and unanswered prayer. And outside of just the fact that sometimes it's just God's sovereignty, right? Like sometimes he knows things we don't see those things in the future. Like we're like, Ooh, really glad I, he didn't answer that. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Live long enough and you'll, you'll see that happen. 
also, in addition, what God showed me was there are times that we are praying one thing, but we're envisioning another. And that can happen when we're worried. Okay? And so instead of when we're praying Jesus being the biggest thing to us, the problem is the bigger thing. And so we're praying more from the perspective of the problem. But in between the battle of what you're saying and what you're envisioning, you're going to get what you're envisioning, not what you're praying. Because it's for a lack of vision, people perish. That means that your vision of healing, prosperity, the new job, whatever you might be praying for, even for other people, your vision for that may be underdeveloped. And so when you speak about the problem, you'll find that that is more developed than your vision of healing. Because you can tell me 10 minutes about the problem. But if I ask you your vision for the solution, you know, maybe you just say Jesus, which is good. <laughs> but yes. mm-hmm. okay. But that's actually wonderful. But how well can you really picture Jesus overcoming this 10 minutes of problems you just told me about? You see? So we have to get realistic about taking. Uh, our mind under authority and saying, what have I really been meditating on? So if life operates by vision, then we're really getting a lot of what we envision to happen. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come on me. What does that mean? He spent a lot of time envisioning the negative things that ended up happening. That does not account for every negative thing that happens. But when I work with clients, we end up coming to the conclusion that it accounts for more problems than what they were originally willing to admit, right? That they had to admit that I really was afraid that it was going to turn out like this. I was probably more afraid of it happening than I was encouraged that it could go a different way. So it's a very powerful thing when you begin to take hold of that. I remember a mutual friend of Dr. Chris and I, Pastor Nancy Shannon, he would say, you know, when you take, basically when you take personal responsibility, it's it's like the worst day of your life and then the best day. (laughs) It's like the worst news you could ever hear, but then it's the best news you could ever hear because if you're responsible, you can also change it, right? So this is this is one of those ways that just allows people to be a little more responsible for what's going on in their lives. You know, you just don't hear people talking about vision too much anymore. You you hear them talking about problems and it's like they're they're speaking about their mountain instead of speaking to the mountain as as it says in Mark uh you know 11:23 and 24 because they just want to talk about what they see in front of their eyes immediately, but not into the future. Yes. And kind of gone on a journey rather recently with the understanding about hope. So I recently saw uh, one of those 
videos by Bible Project. If you've ever heard of that ministry, they make cute little cartoon videos. And they're cute, but boy, do they get deep into explaining the word. And so they were talking about hope. And I really think the thing about vision, the people, one of the reasons people don't go into vision is because people have lost their hope. And it actually takes courage to have hope. You have to believe that if things don't go the way you want them to, that you're going to be okay. But people are feeling sometimes so disappointed that they don't want to hope again. They would rather just start out disappointed and then they don't have to worry about it. But it's like, that's no way to live. That's not what you were made for. And so by the end of that video, they were, sh they were sharing their three words for hope used in the Bible two Hebrew words in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, whenever they refer to hope, it's really talking about a living hope, which means actually that hope is centered on Jesus. Hope is really a person. It's not a strategy. It's not a system. It's not the fact that you know how to, you know, that you have a good history. Our hope really does come from the Lord only. And so the more society goes away from that, actually the less hope that they're going to have. Jesus really is our, our living hope and our reason to have hope and vision. But vision is something that we really, once we have that hope, we can give it to other people. And so I would so blessed to have Dr. Chris join me. I have a, um, another thing that I do is I coach uh, women who were considering abortion and have now chosen life. And we have a mom's support group for them because many of them don't have any friends that have also chosen life. They have friends that have had abortions or they have friends that have never been pregnant, but they don't always know young moms like themselves. And Last night, I set a vision for these women. I said, you know, I'm having Dr. Chris on with you guys as our guest. I said, because I see some of you as being podcasters. I see some of you as having a message that needs to get out there. What did I just do? I set vision. I set vision. And what I love is seeing the looks on their faces because some of them looked at me like, what? <laughs> I never thought about doing that in my life. But also not just the podcast thing, but maybe it's also true that no one has set vision for them at all. Who who has been in their life to to speak over them? I see a hope. I see a future for you. I see more for you than just a single mom or someone that wasn't prepared for this pregnancy. I see a vision for you. And so that's a very powerful thing as well to give to others. Imagine anyone in your life that ever set a vision for you, right? Imagine going your whole life and never hearing them. It's like, it's wild. It's wild because before I started this work a year ago, coaching these women, I hadn't necessarily worked with people in this position. You know, a lot of people that come for life coaching, 
well, they probably have the money for life coaching. <laughs> so I was uh, coaching a different tier of people, to be honest. And so coaching these women in this situation, you know, many of them lower income, and getting a chance to cast vision and just to see the looks on their faces. I don't remember seven, six, seven months ago, the first time it happened. And this woman just started tearing up and she said, no one's ever told me I could do anything but fail. And, they, and vision was spoken over her, but it was always negative. You're this, you're that, you're just like your dad. You're going to be just like your deadbeat dad and things like this. So it's, it's really powerful when you first hear those words. I think so often in the world, so many people uh, have had negative things spoken over them. And, it, and it's hard for them to break out of that unless they have something else to turn to. So you're offering turning away from the, the negativity and the wrong things spoken over them that they have internalized to give them a hope point them in the right direction for a future. And it seems like so many people in the world are needing that today. Yes. It goes back to what I said. I'm actually not necessarily teaching vision as much as I'm alerting people to the fact that they're already using it. So if it's been spoken over you that you're going to be just like your deadbeat dad, in quotes, then you're living that out right? Mm -hmm. That's true. Unintentionally, you are already living out vision. Why? Because you didn't set another one. You didn't set another one, right? Because honestly, if a, if a parent is projecting that onto a child, they have no more reason for saying that than you do if you say something different over your life. There's no reason that they had to say that about you. There's no, that's not a hundred percent for sure. As a seven-year-old or something, you had your whole life ahead of you. You could have been anything. So it's just, uh, it, it, honestly, for them to say that, they know why they said that. You know why they said that. But honestly, it's kind of a random thing. You could have been anything at all. And just like right now, you can be anything at all. Right. The fact that you don't have any evidence to prove that you're going to be great or prosperous or you're going to be somebody who achieves their goals or you're going to be a minister of the gospel. You feel like I don't have any evidence. Well, guess what? They didn't have any evidence either. It's the power of vision and the power of a decision. You just decide. I'm doing something different. And you know what? I'm going to go in my heart. I'm going to pray and find out what is that thing I'm going to be. But I'm going to change this because you really can decide. Another reason why the world really needs to is because we don't, sometimes we feel like we are just reporting. So for example, you're saying this happened during my day, this negative thing happened, and you're reporting. You think you're reporting. But if we're not careful, you're also beginning to prophesy. Okay. Oh, that's true. You're speaking into the future. When you say every time I wash my car, it rains or whatever, right? You think you're reporting, but you're also beginning now to prophesy. And especially those things you say over and over, 
So-and-so bothered me at work again. Da-da-da-da-da. Whatever. And you're over and you're over saying that. You will notice as you, if you open your eyes to this, how many things that happened during this day-to-day, you actually said it before. You actually said it was going to be like that before. Or one of the things God alerted me to when he showed me this was how many times something bad would happen and a little voice would say, I knew it. I knew that was going to happen. What was that from? That was a negative expectation. Where did that negative expectation come from? So he had me begin to like grab tighter hold of my thoughts and pay attention when I sort of knew that something bad, when I was expecting something bad was going to happen. There's just a number of things like that, but that's actually casting a vision before you. But you can really take hold of that. And when I would go and say, man, I knew that. And I would say, well, why did I think I knew that? It's because I have maybe a negative feeling about a particular relationship I've submitted myself to. Well, has God asked me to be in this relationship? Let's go back to that. Am I even submitting myself to a relationship God wants for me? If somebody is being pretty predictable with negative behavior, Are you sure that that's a relationship you need to be in? Or are you as close as you need to be? If it's family, you need to maybe put a little distance there. But you're thinking because it's so-and-so, it's my sister, it's my mom, and you're thinking you have to. Well, who said that, though? Right? So many things like that, when we go ahead and we pay attention to our mind, we pay attention to that vision we're setting, makes us a lot more careful with how we share bad news or if we share bad news. I did a sermon a couple of years ago with a kind of funny title, The Most Relaxing Form of Spiritual Warfare. Oh, that is interesting. (laughs) What it's referring to is that God showed me how much the devil likes attention. And he said, Felicity, I'm going to show you how you can starve him out. He's not that interested in doing things to people who won't talk about it. It's and honestly, it's very, it's like kind of an odd thing. But I got to, there, there were a couple of circumstances that have happened where I could feel the devil being like, Will you please tell somebody? <laughs> and I'm like, nope. no, no, <laughs> not right now. So one one of these things I, I have started talking about recently, just because it's been so long ago now, uh, long enough ago, I ran for office uh, in 2022. Or, wait, yes, I remember. And so um, the very first day of campaigning, We're going out. I've got a team. We're joined up with some other teams. We're going to collect signatures. And I, uh, we met at a Dunkin' Donuts uh, early. We're going to kind of get started. Not too early to knock on doors, but early. Go in my car. Got everything together, ready to go. Was not distracted, not on my phone, nothing. I look around, back out at the Dunkin' Donuts parking lot. Bam. Hit someone. 
it was it was just bizarre. I mean, it, you know, when it's like when somebody comes out of nowhere, right? Okay. Not only that, when I get out, this woman berates me. I mean, it, it just couldn't have been worse how she treated me because not only was she angry and was very hostile with me, she got others involved. Um, like just people in the parking lot. Did you see? And she, you know, I mean, when I say she made a scene <laughs> and uh, not a lick of damage, not a lick of damage to either car. And she is on and on and on. So I said, ma'am, I mean, if you're this upset, let's, you know, wait for the police and blah, blah, blah. No, she just wanted to rail at me. There wasn't anything for the police to see. I mean, sometimes you don't know there could be more damage you can't see. I understand. No, she didn't want to wait there. She just wanted to wait there long enough to make me feel horrible for 15 minutes, I guess. And then she just drove off. You know, I didn't tell a soul about that for about seven months. When I get to that first house and I see my team and, and they're all raring to go and I'm kind of wanting to, like, I don't know this happened, but nope. Because I wasn't going to speak that over my campaign. That's good. That is really good. And I saw what he was doing. It was so obvious that it was the devil. You know, my very first day and everything. And I'm like, I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> anything, devil. This is going to be a great day. We're going to get a ton of signatures and this is going to be awesome. I'm not letting you have this day. I'm not letting you have this moment. And I highly recommend it. There's a lot of things we talk about we don't need to. It's so important we keep our mouth quiet when we should. When we should. And what happens is if you'll really pick your battles, okay, if you'll pick your battles, then you can assess when your heart is actually really hurting and you need a friend. And there's nothing wrong. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with phoning a friend. Of course, there's never a problem crying out to God. But in terms of when you're going to tell somebody, quiet for a while, you can really assess when that's necessary. But you'll find out there's a lot of times you've been doing that, that it's not. You know, all the things that you have said are are so true, but I think people really don't focus on vision. They're not focusing on their future. They focus on the problems of today and what they can say and who they can tell. And those are all the things that should not be done to have a vision in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really is. About, I mean, it's a kind of a radical idea to think that life is not just happening to you but to begin to believe that life is happening through you in a partnership with God. And so that allows you to just take more responsibility and to go back and, and basically process is more like this, that Psalm 37, four, that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, while we're doing that, he's placing desires on the inside of our heart. And he's doing that in order to bring those things to pass. So beginning to trust in your relationship with God, trust that he's speaking to you, that he's speaking to your heart. I just want to 
address this. I've, I've talked to a few people about it and looked at that scripture in Jeremiah. I believe it can trip people up a little bit when we see that scripture that says, the heart is deceitfully wicked who can know it. That actually is talking about an unrenewed heart. It is not talking about a believer who has the mind of Christ, who is disciplining themselves according to Romans 12, 1 and 2, exchanging your thoughts with God. That we actually go from being a babe to being on milk to having meat. We can grow out of that. We can mature. And God said he would take out of us a stony heart and put in us a heart of flesh. So when believers are fully distrustful of their own heart, it's very hard to know how God is speaking to you because you, you're second guessing every desire. And also in Proverbs, it says the desires of the righteous are only good. So I think that in the balance of scripture, we have to look at it and say that God desires a partnership with us. And it's really hard to be partners with someone who second guessed themselves all the time. You begin to want to say, let's have some trust here. And uh, I believe it's in Philippians, it says that if we are any otherwise minded, then God wants us to be. He'll show us. He'll show us. So we don't have to look behind our shoulder every second. We don't have to be so scared about even the phrase, follow your heart. Why? Because God is pretty good at convicting a heart. He'll, he'll let you know, eh, I don't like that. I don't like that. And if you really have a relationship with God, you can't get around it. You, you can't make God like something he doesn't like. And he's going to tell you about it. So I would love to see believers more run with that vision. Get excited about that vision in, instead of second guessing that vision and living half. We have a world that is, listen, we've known the world is dying the whole time, but boy. Are they crumbling right before our eyes or what, right? It's, get, it's getting close to the time of the Lord's return. It really is. And so they need us and they need us confident in what we believe, right? And so those who know their God will do great exploits, the word of God says. They will. Yes. And so we want to act from a place of knowledge and certainty humility before the Lord, like, correct me at any time. You're the God, I'm the human. But hey, let's go forth because Jesus really gave us a great example of living with vision. He knew the end from the beginning. He knew where he was going. And what's powerful about that is when Peter questioned his vision, when, when he kind of let the disciples know, hey guys, I came to die. Okay. Like you guys came you guys think I came ready to overthrow the Roman Empire? Not he like didn't. Not like that. <laughs> not like that. He said, I came to die. And what did Peter say? Far be it from us, Lord. We'll never let it happen. What did he say? Get behind me, Satan. So what that means is your vision will likely make people uncomfortable. It might make you uncomfortable as well. But we have to be willing to stand for what God has shown us 
even when it makes us uncomfortable, even when it makes other people uncomfortable. Jesus was a man of vision. He had, he knew the end from the beginning. And so we want to take that into us as well and confident about what God is showing us. And God shows us things like our whole life. You know, when I look back in my life, I was young when I started to like to write and I had a craving to do things like write term papers and write reports. Well, that God put that in my heart because someday he had a vision for me to become a writer and to write his messages um, yes. to the world. And, and so I think, you know, word of encouragement for everybody is to really look inside of you. What does I, what desires has God placed in your heart? Are there things that are there? Because what's been placed there by God is maybe a key to what your vision is, the vision that he has for your life. Absolutely. And this thing about becoming comfortable with what God has put in us, God has put multiple things inside of me. I always kind of wanted to have one thing. I would look at stories of people that knew what they wanted to do when they were young and pretty much did it all their lives, or they kept that with them. And man, I, you know, I've wanted to be an actor, and I've been interested in politics, and I wanted to be in media. And you know, I've done a lot of that stuff. You have. It was becoming comfortable with that. That's how God made me. Kind of, uh, this is a little different key that I'm seeing today than I've seen before when I talked about Jesus talking to Peter. Because he was firm. When he knew God had spoken to him, he got firm on it. And when that happens, you are going to definitely come against some discomfort, either in yourself or it's going to make someone else uncomfortable like it did for Peter. And you have to be willing to stand, right? But when I finally became comfortable with who I was, not who someone else wanted me to be, or not what I thought. People should have this one singular focus or whatever. When I let that go, how about I just be who God made me and not worry about how God made other people? And then I kind of have become firm on that, seeing, okay, this is the next thing. I've pivoted again. And now God is showing me to really run with this Vision uh, University, starting with Vision 101. And so I'm running with that now. And that's what God has me do. It's uh, actually, as I'm learning more about the fivefold giftings, of course, we know there are a lot of giftings, but it's kind of an apostolic call to start something and then inspire other people. And then you move on to something else. You know, apostles, they start churches, right? And then they let other people run it and then they go on to other things. So I'm learning a little bit more about how God does create certain people like that. And that that's okay. But before I even knew the foundation, I just had to be okay with me. <laughs> and I had to be okay with how God was speaking to my heart and the discomfort that it caused. Definitely a lot more comfortable once I just agreed with God <laughs> and stopped making him fit into my box. Yeah. And that's true. We need to fit into the vision and calling he has on our lives rather than have him fit into what we think. Uh, Vision 101 um, is a program that I just rolled out. Right now, the best way is to just either to email me or to find me on social media. 
You know, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and uh, you can find me uh, Felicity Joy PhD on Instagram or Felicity Joy Solomon on Facebook. Also, if you don't have social media, you can just uh, email me at solomonfelicity at gmail.com. And that way I can just get you signed up with the next time that Virtual Vision University is rolling out. And we're going to have what we have now is a self-paced program where you can just pay for it and then take these uh, videos and go ahead and go through the course yourself. There will be an opportunity for interaction with me because it was created to be kind of an interactive class, but I'm able to help more people if I make it self-paced where they can watch the videos there on their own. But if you would like a session with me, it comes with your purchase of the videos or another coach that I'm working with, and we can do the interactive stuff with you. So there's a little bit of a, there's still an interactive part to it if you like. So that's why it's best to just contact me right off the bat to sign up. That's good. And I will put that information in the show notes for everyone if you didn't capture it fast enough. And uh, so make sure that you have the opportunity to reach out to Dr. Felicity Joy and I, I thank you so much today for all of this. I wish great success in this new program, and I'm looking forward to seeing great results. And I think you have a great possibility to cast the vision for people and help them to find their own vision. It, I think it's been too long that people have just spoken negatively over each other, and you're turning the tide on that and giving them that hope for the future. So it's very important and a great calling. Thank you so much. The world needs us, guys. And so um, I just really thank you so much for letting me to, to spread the word, which I believe is really part of Jesus's original sermon. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth, he said. And so um, I hope that that awakens vision on the inside of you and hope that you can live out the hope of your calling. So bless you. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for what you're doing for my moms as they listen to it and really appreciate the connection God has brought us together again. Oh, thank you so much. I, I just, uh, I always look forward to our time together and talking together, but this, this is a great message that you have for my listening audience. And I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Bless you guys. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to the Timeless Truths Podcast with me, Dr. Christine Van Horn. I hope that you have been inspired and have found this discussion helpful in guiding your family. Please check out my website at drchris.co for additional resources or contact me at chris at drchris.co. See you next week.